0: Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught
1: for the win!
0: Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it?
1: Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown! We are back with another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I can't remember if I've done that one yet or not. I'm trying, trying to mix it up, uh, but I am Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein, and Today we have the Packers versus Panthers on Saturday Night Football. A little bit of a surprise, uh, kind of from out of the ordinary. When I think of Saturday football, personally, I think of the Packers and Vikings on Christmas Eve during the run-the-table season when it was just a complete blowout, and Aaron Rodgers looked like a madman. So, Perry, I don't know about you, probably because it's a national game, you like it, but I'm, I'm excited for Saturday Night Football. And then the Browns are out on Sundays, so it's a, it's a festive weekend in the Loney House. I'm not sure how I feel about the
0: Saturday. Like, I, it's just weird to watch football that's not college on a Saturday night. Um, I do love the national broadcast, though. I live for the national broadcast, so I don't have to get a stream of the game. Um, well, now that I've red zone, I don't need it. But um, I think it'll be kind of fun, like, make it a night, make it a Saturday. Uh, and either way, a Sunday will be either really relaxing or kind of sad because. <laughs> hopefully the pack but hopefully the packers will win and so it will just be a nice easy day of watching football all day on sunday
1: yeah i have uh, plans with my in-laws on sunday morning so i just have to make sure that i don't drink a lot on saturday night which should be fine i'm also making tacos so i'm feeling i'm feeling pretty good about saturday night as a whole so perry going into saturday night football then who would be one of your players to watch on the packers offense
0: Uh, I'm looking at Big Bob Tunyon this week. Uh, I think that he's been super solid and obviously a guy that Rodgers has been very comfortable going to. But based off what I've seen from the Panthers' defense, uh, they've been really struggling to cover tight ends over the last couple of games, especially this past weekend against the Broncos. Um, The Broncos have Nick Vanette. And if you're sitting there thinking, I don't know who that is, me too, uh, but he is the Broncos tight end and they had a really tough time covering him. And so if they have a tough time covering the Drew lock to Nick Vinette connection, I have a feeling that they're going to really struggle against uh, covering Tunyon. So um, I'm looking for him to kind of attack the middle of the field, attack the middle of this defense um, that the that the Panthers have um, maybe have, you know, a multiple touchdown game because uh, it's a weakness I think in the defense that we can exploit very, very easily.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've noticed that too. I mean, if you look at how the Panthers performed against the line or the lines against the Broncos, It was Drew Locke's best game as a pro. Like, he threw four touchdowns. I think he had almost 150 passer rating. Like, he looked exceptional. And no disrespect to Drew Locke, but, you know, that's Drew Locke. And Aaron Rodgers, obviously, then, is my player to watch going into Saturday night because he's on pace for some career milestones. And, you know, the the Panthers defense that we'll talk about kind of individually, but I think they're still finding their identity as a holistic defense. So thinking about that, kind of what this offense looks like under Aaron Rodgers I think we're going to see a really heavy passing attack and then we'll see what happens with the run game yeah
0: a hundred percent he's on a tear who's stopping him now we've played some of the best defenses in the league and no one's been able to stop him really so it's really we stop our the Packers stop themselves is what ends up happening and hopefully I don't anticipate that happening against a pretty mediocre Panthers team
1: Yeah, and I think if you look at the Panthers, they're just kind of middle of the road in in both categories. They're middle of the road in offense, middle of the road in defense. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit pre-show. I feel like they're a team that should maybe be better than their record, and losing Christian McCaffrey was a big part of that. But they have pieces on offense, and you'd think that they would – have opportunities to be really successful so then yeah but they're
0: they're in the first year of a rebuild so it's not that crazy that they're mediocre it's actually awesome that they're mediocre and you can see the flashes of what they could be when they get into maybe year two of matt rule and like you said they get christian mccaffrey back but i don't think it's like the worst thing in the world that they're not like being insanely successful
1: yeah and i mean if you i guess if you look at the roster yes the Packers just played them last season but this team looks entirely different there's no Luke Keekly there's no Cam Newton there's no Greg Olson so then kind of kind of knowing that and knowing that this is such a different looking team who would be your player to watch them for the Panthers offense
0: um I think they have like you said a couple of pieces I I think Robbie Anderson is a really interesting piece for them. He's obviously Teddy's number one guy. I mean, he's pretty much the only wide receiver, but he's really explosive uh, and he can, he's an interesting one because I think that he can do a number of different things. I noticed that they were, you know, he can, we know that he's like a deep threat. That's like typically what he is. He can just like kind of blow the top off of you, but he also is being used with some like jet sweeps and end arounds and things like that on Sunday against the Broncos, which I thought was really interesting. So it keeps defenses really honest, but if he gets the ball in space, like it's pretty much it's lights out. You know, he's, he's in, he can get into the end zone. He's kind of like MVS in that way. Like you don't want to let him get over the top of you. So he's definitely the one that I'm watching. If you kind of diminish Robbie Anderson's explosiveness, I think you can cripple this offense.
1: Yeah. And Robbie Anderson is four yards shy of his first thousand yard game or Game season as a pro. So I think that's something to look for. Obviously, I don't expect him unless he's visiting Jair Island. Then, you know, maybe he doesn't hit his four yards, but he should eclipse a thousand yards for the first time in his career on Saturday night. But I think my player to watch is Mike Davis. And maybe that one seems pretty obvious, but he's been filling in really admirably for Christian McCaffrey. I think he's third in the NFL in broken tackles with 25. And if you've watched the Packers play defense, Broken tackles is something that they've kind of struggled with all season. So to me, Mike Davis gives this defense a little bit of a tune-up before they see Derrick Henry on Sunday Night Football the following week. So especially kind of with the middle of this Packers defense being up in the air, Tandon Sullivan hasn't looked that great in the last couple weeks. Christian Kirksey is really struggling. So kind of seeing how they respond to a back like Mike Davis is going to be really interesting on Saturday night. So then switching gears going right into this Packers defense, who is your player to watch on Saturday?
0: This was a tough one because I feel like there's a lot of players on defense I want to watch. Like I want to watch the entire defense as a whole, but um, I'm really kind of looking, this is a cop-out because it's not a player, but I'm really looking at the our pass rushers. I think that, you know, if you let Teddy get into a rhythm of any kind, he can actually kind of, cut you a little bit in like a way that like Drew Brees and Tom Brady can, in sort of that shorter yardage passing game. And so you don't really want to get Teddy into a rhythm. And so like the way to do that obviously is to get him under pressure, but he also is like a kind of a mobile quarterback and can run against pressure. So you just like basically have to sack him and he got sacked against Denver four times. I think he's been sacked a decent amount this season. You mentioned pre show that their left tackle is doubtful to play. So I'm looking at Z, at Preston, at Rashawn, at really this whole like pass rush combo to just get to Teddy and, you know, really, really
1: stop him. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And that's kind of funny. I'm glad you talked about the front of the defense because I'm going to look at the back end now. Um, you know, Shannon Sullivan, I said a little bit ago, I think he's struggled a little bit the last couple weeks. And now I think he'll play Sunday, but he's been kind of limited on the injury report. So depending on what happens with him, you know, that nickel corner spot might kind of be up in the air. And, you know, I've wondered kind of going into this week, is that something where they would move Darnell Savage? Cause we've talked on the show before how, how Darnell played a ton of nickel in college, or do you not want to kind of mess up that back end of your secondary if they've been playing so well and so cohesively um, by putting a guy like Vernon Scott maybe in at free safety so to me that's kind of what I'm looking at is you know DJ Moore I think has 924 or something he's just shy of a thousand yard season as well so this is a nice explosive offense that the Packers are going up against so seeing how that secondary plays against those guys whoever Jair is on you can kind of you know, call it a wash, but whether it's Kevin King or whoever else, Curtis Samuel even is is a weapon for that offense. So kind of how that secondary matches up with some of these really quick explosive Panthers wide receivers.
0: Panthers defense. Oh yeah. This is one I'm really excited to talk about actually, because I, it's just interesting. Like there's nothing about this defense that like is particularly scary. They have three rookies that are starters. So it's like you know as as great as some of their like top picks were that's not going to be an impactful defense it might be a scary defense in a couple of years like you can see the players you know putting the pieces together but i have really enjoyed watching jeremy chin play i know that he's been like player of the month and like you know he's he's really obviously coming to his own as a safety but he's much more of a that really really true like hybrid linebacker safety role that ever this like coveted position that everybody wants he seems to fit like very naturally in it as i was watching like he can really cover the middle of the field um and so it'll be interesting to see what he can do against like the number one offense in the league uh in the packers offense and uh you know a player going up against players like big bob like i mentioned or Devonte potentially and just like trying to sort of read Aaron Rodgers and what they're going to ask him to do against the Packers. But he's a really exciting, really exciting young player. Uh, And I think that he has all the makings to be like one of the
1: best in the league eventually. Yeah. And his, his numbers are just insane already in his rookie season. I think he's like the only player that has a sack an interception, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, a touchdown. Like it's, He's Indiana. everywhere.
0: He's everywhere. And and Trey Boston isn't what Trey Boston used to be. Obviously, he's like not his prime, but the two of them as a tandem w- were really, really good together. Like Trey with the more veteran like football IQ experience, a little bit in like the back end. And then they just let Jeremy Chin fly.
1: Yeah. No, that's a lot of fun. I um I have to talk about the player that I wanted in the 2019 draft and I love Rashawn Geary. I just have to say that. But I was the conductor of the Brian Burns hype train. I really wanted to see him in Green Bay as kind of that third edge rusher for the Packers. So his is a career that I've been following closely in his first two seasons. And, you know, we're seeing Rashawn Geary take a jump and all of that is great. But Brian Burns is kind of the guy for this Panthers defense right now. He leads the Panthers right now with six sacks, and he's put together a really nice sophomore season. He had a really nice rookie season as well. So going into kind of his second year, I think that he can set the tone for that Panthers defense. And, you know, like you said, they have a ton of rookies. Derek Brown was their first pick at, I think, seven overall. So there's some fun rookies that we talked about a lot on this show during draft season, and now we get to see playing the Packers. But Brian Burns in his second year as a player that I've been keeping a close eye on has looked really good.
0: I knew that's who you were going to say. (laughs) I mean, it's true, right? He's like one of the best players. He is probably like arguably their best player on defense. So you got to always watch out for Brian Burns.
1: Kind of flipping them back to the Packers. Who would be your X factor going into this game on Saturday? It's a
0: good question. Um, You know, it's hard to say because I think that our entire offense is filled with X factors and, you know, our, our offense is just running so smoothly. So I'm actually thinking kind of a little bit about the defense and how this defense is going to sort of stop the Panthers offense. Cause they are interesting. Like they definitely do some really interesting things. And I think Teddy is an interesting quarterback to go up against. They call a lot of like quarterback draws for him. He already has four rushing touchdowns, you know, it's like, who's going to be there to cover that. And so I, I'm curious, First off, how much Christian Kirksey's going to play, because unfortunately, he just hasn't been living up to what he was brought in to do. And You know, I feel like your inside linebackers are the ones that need to sort of cover a pretty mobile quarterback from taking off and running. And so is that going to be Chris Barnes? Is it going to be Kamal Martin? You know, who's going to come in to serve as like the Raven Green role now that he's gone? It's it's though that middle of the field defense that I'm just really curious about what the Packers end up doing, because if they are able to sort of limit Teddy's running lanes, then that limits the Panthers offense incredibly. So I guess my answer is the inside linebacker group, but um I would like to see I would just like to see Kamal Martin on
1: the field more. Yeah, especially all the hype that kind of surrounded Kamal Martin in the beginning of the season before, you know, in training camp, even though we didn't get to see it, we heard from a lot of the reporters that he was kind of the guy that was surprising and making a name for himself in the middle of the defense. And if he and Chris Barnes together keep playing at the level that we've seen kind of is hard to see Christian Kirksey remaining with the Packers for a second seasons. Yeah. So my X factor, and maybe it's cheating here a little bit, but I'm going to go with Tavon Austin. And, you know, he was just signed with the Packers a couple weeks ago, kind of brought on to be their punt returner, special teams guy. But we did see against the Lions that he was starting to get a couple snaps on offense and Matt LaFleur was using him in a couple different creative ways. And, you know, I don't want to say that it was the Tyler Urban role, but it does seem like that. It's what Tavon Austin was kind of brought in to do. So, you know, we know he's still learning this offense and it might take a while before he's fully up to speed. But I do think that we're seeing Matt LaFleur begin to utilize him more and put him in a couple packages. So hopefully we see a little more of that on Saturday night because I think that'd be really fun is to see him get up to speed. And, you know, the same way we've seen MVS, Alan Lazard, EQ, a lot of these guys do end rounds, jet sweeps, a lot of motion. Tavon Austin is just a really nice fit for the Matt Lafleur offense and the scheme that he normally likes to run with his players.
0: Yeah, I think we all want Tavon Austin to get a little bit more involved just because, you know, why why bring him in if he's going to, you don't want him to be a Ryan Grant 2.0. Um, and he does bring like a really interesting skill set to to the team. So even if he's just kick returning, you know, let's see him out there.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that Tavon Austin kind of brings to this Packers team that we haven't seen maybe since Tyler Irvin got injured or just in general what we're missing from special teams this year is that ability to give the Packers good field position. And, you know, we saw against the Lions, there are plenty of opportunities for this Packers special teams unit to kind of make opposing teams march the length of the field, and they haven't done that. Even against the Lions, you know, there was the kick return. Mason Crosby had to shove the returner out of bounds And that was an opportunity for the Lions to get back in the game, even though Chase Daniel was under center. You know, when it's a backup quarterback, you want to make them drive the length of the field. And he was starting in very favorable, basically field goal range, really good field position. So I don't know if Tavon Austin is the guy. I don't really see him being that kind of gunner. But I think this is something that special teams needs to shore up. And hopefully that's something that we see more of from this Packers team moving forward. Got to get that right for the playoffs. You kind of touched on this a little bit already with your X factor, but then what would be your key matchup going into Saturday, whether it's a player versus a player or kind of a position group versus a position group that you're going to be keeping an eye on?
0: Well, I think we touched on it earlier, but you know, this team has two rookies up front starters. So uh, I think this is a game where like the Packers offensive line should win in the trenches pretty handedly uh we finally have all of our offensive linemen healthy as well so I uh I I think keeping Aaron Rodgers upright and clean will be it's always key but it also I think should be fairly easy if you can cover Brian Burns um I also noticed that some of their rooks are pretty uh penalty prone which makes sense right like early uh Aaron Rodgers getting that cadence off at home in Lambeau Field should really trick some of these new guys uh which I think will you know always just adds an extra layer of complexity to going up against a Green Bay Packers offense so I'm really just looking at this offensive line to do exactly what they've done all season and keep Aaron Rodgers upright and clean so that like you mentioned earlier this passing game can kind of go off
1: yeah, so I'll flip it, and we're kind of we're kind of switching roles this week. You talked about the front seven, so I'm going to talk about the secondary, and I think that's going to be the key matchup here is whatever happens with Jandon Sullivan and the nickel, you've got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. We touched on them already. They're close to 1,000 yards, both of them on the season. Curtis Samuel is questionable, but he should be good to go for Saturday night. So those are a lot of explosive, quick, Weapons For this Panthers offense and you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater getting into a rhythm. So those are all things to kind of account for, you know, if it's Darnell Savage, Vernon Scott, Will Redmond, Kadar Holman, Josh Jackson, whoever they're playing in the nickel, if they bring Jair in, put someone else on the boundary. There's a lot of factors there and, you know, maybe Chandon Sullivan plays and it's all kind of a moot point, but that's kind of what I'm going to be keeping a close eye on going into Saturday is what does this Packers secondary look like for starters and how are they going to match up against these wide receivers for the Panthers who are pretty explosive? Is Jair going to shadow somebody? Is it going to be Robbie Anderson if he does? Is it going to be DJ Moore? And what does that look like for the Panthers offense?
0: I think it's pretty clear that we both think that the Packers are going to win this game. Do do I am I correct in that? Yes, absolutely. So what do you think the final score is going to be for
1: this Saturday night game? I feel like it's going to be another 30 point game for the Packers. I mean, I don't see them dipping beyond that, especially at Lambeau Field. Um, so 30 to 17, 30 to 24 sounds right to me. I don't and I don't want to say 30 to 24 as if I think it's going to be a close game. You know, I think 30 to 17 is realistic, 31 17, 31 20, maybe. But I want to see this Packers defense keep their foot on the gas. And even if the offense stalls a couple times, because let's be real, their 77% of the red zone is really impressive, but they're not going to score on every single possession. At least, you know, that'd be great if they did, but I don't think that's going to happen. So. I want to see the defense close out the game for the Packers and whether or not that happens, the score might reflect a closer game than what we actually saw on the football field.
0: I kind of feel like it's going to be higher scoring than that. Right. You know, if they're going to let drew lock go off for four touchdowns, like what is Aaron Rodgers going to do? Um, so I'm looking at this more of a 37, 24 kind of game right. that it feels like that realm of possibility. Uh, and you know, Hope Packers win.
1: I mean, I would, I would love it if it's. Let's get another forty burger while we're at it. You know, just see how just many just the add Packers, insult to injury. See how many of the Packers can put up in a season. So before we wrap things up, uh, we did see that the Packers will be letting in 250 frontline workers in addition to the 500 employees for the game on Saturday night at Lambeau Field. Uh, So we're looking at about 750 people there total. Um, It is their way of expressing their appreciation for the frontline workers. So here at PAX, what she said, we also just really want to thank you. Can't thank you enough for all of the work that you've done during this pandemic. I'm sure it was thankless a lot of the time. And so just please, we really appreciate everything that you have done. And we hope that you enjoyed the game on Saturday and hope you get to see a fantastic Packers victory at Lambeau Field.
0: Couldn't have said it better. Completely agree. And hopefully all of you will be getting the vaccine very, very soon.
1: Yes, absolutely. So Perry, wrapping up, you gave the final score. I'm hoping that yours is more accurate than mine. I hope the Packers kind of blow the Panthers out, uh, get primed for the playoffs, but where can everybody find all of your work? You can
0: follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Uh, everything is there in my bio. You can find me and Maggie every Monday for Game on Wisconsin Happy Hour. Um, I am with Packer Report with Ross Uglum and uh, Pack a Day with Andy and Alex. And uh, as always, please follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast.
1: Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write two articles a week for G said TV, a podcast with the Thursday pack a day podcast crew, Jacob Westendorf and Jimmy Christensen. Uh, like Perry said, you can find us on Mondays uh, with game on Wisconsin doing happy hour. And you can also buy packs that she said merch by clicking on the Teespring link in our Twitter bio. Uh, keep an eye on the Twitter. We likely will be doing a holiday giveaway in the future. Uh, so if you're interested in winning some packs, with she said, merch, stay tuned on how to do that. But as always, thank you for listening to the show. Go Pack Go!
0: Go Go!